Hey there, literary slummers. A little bit of a scheduling update due to unforeseen circumstances. We were unable to record last week, but we didn't want to leave you guys without an episode for another week. Uh, so we are switching the schedule just a little bit this week. As the title indicates, it's going to be the first book in the Dive series. Next week, we will be doing Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar. Um, after that, it should be scheduled as normal. So sorry about the confusion, but hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, Literary Slummers, for a Maritime Monday episode of Shelf Aware and da 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 I'm Anna. Very good. Is that how it goes? Is that how the movie is? I think so. Have I distilled its essence? I feel like I am... I'm more familiar with the Jaws theme as it is played by various, like, sixth, seventh grade orchestras. Yes, absolutely. Like, it's a classic for any classic. sort of... Classic. So easy. High school, middle school band sort of vibe. So I feel like I've heard it so many times from that. And yeah. who can really say if they're playing it correctly? They're not. You know? <laughs> yeah, so. Middle school? Who no, knows? they're not. <laughs> it's fine. They're doing their best, though. They're doing their best. Um, <laughs> I'm Em. I said that. Yes. Uh, this We're week... saying twice. Oh, always. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a little a little break yeah. for us. A vacation. Mm-hmm. An internship, one might say. Oh, yeah. This is our very late summer internship. <laughs> late summer internship? Uh, where we are reading. Is this, is this episode going to be released while it is still technically summer? Okay. So. This is our, you know what? In the Caribbean, internship. it's always it always yeah. is warm. So yeah, um, we're re- <laughs> hurricane season. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're reading a book series yeah. called The Dive by Gordon Corman. Or no, sorry, not The Dive. Dive by Gordon Corman. The first book we're covering today is called The Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, little bit of background. Neither of us have read these books prior, correct? Correct. This was all but new. I didn't read is, boy books when I was. I know a this was a this was a classic boy book. Yeah. Um, my younger brother. Also, it was I think a few years behind us. Technically. Yeah, I think this came out in, like the early aughts, like two thousand three. Yeah. I was in high school, so. But my by. my younger brother was a big fan of these Gordon Corman series that are like trilogies about an adventure with various young teens mm-hmm. um there's the dive there's everest or there's dive i keep putting the put of the it feels dive, like it needs one yeah everest island or possibly the island not sure on that one <laughs> who knows um i think there's some other ones yeah, but i remember he had clue is also one of this author's things right yes but that's different from mm. these yeah see, these were like either. yeah yeah but yeah so i mean like he's been around he's been writing oh yeah stuff, he's I got guess. a ton of books yeah, um, but he always, like you said, kind of skewed more boy, mm-hmm. boy book, which I know that's... We know that's wrong, but... Wrong and incorrect. That's but, also what this is. <laughs> you know, that is, that you is what You all get the vibe is. we mean when we say it's a boy book. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't lie. And also, I mean, like, I think that that is a thing in terms of marketing. Like, this is marketed to boys, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. There's um, nothing here for a girl to enjoy. Not at all. <laughs> no. So I don't think... I just don't think that this was ever 
recommended to us if it was even yeah, our I'd age never heard bracket. of this author before. Yeah. So Mark, my younger brother, suggested that we take a look at these. Kind of. He didn't really suggest it. He just kind of was talking about it. And we were like, everything is content. Yeah, um, absolutely. You never know when we're going <laughs> to steal one of your ideas strike. for our podcast. Yep. You never know. Um, so, you know, full credit to him for giving us this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you what did you think of this first this first excursion? You know, I didn't hate it. Um, I thought that there's definitely like it did not age well. Let's say mm. it didn't mm-hmm. age well. Um, and I think like it the these these kids are supposed to be 13 years old. Definitely read as older teens. Like could yep. be high school seniors for all that this book cares. Um. Definitely, like, I felt like a lot of the language, too, of the book skewed a little bit older from other middle grade. But, like, it, I don't know. It just, it was weird. This is a middle grade book, but it didn't feel at all that way, except for the length. Um, and, like, the improbable circumstances surrounding this entire yes, thing. Yes, Felt very middle grade. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, it took a long time to get into it. But I think, like, the back half of this read so quickly and was, was exciting. Mm. So, what do you think? Less favorable? Um, I don't think less favorable necessarily. Like, I think, I definitely felt like it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of, I, nev- I, mean, I don't think I would see an, anything yeah, else yeah, yeah. Of the Even yeah. aside from, like, in the world of middle grade novels, I think this still is not necessarily something that I would, if I was, you know, a middle grader still, I don't think this would be my pick. But you know, we're fantasy bitches, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is, um... A pleasant surprise in that I thought, and I think that I even said this on the podcast, this was going to be like Robinson Aid territory, mm-hmm. which it was not. So yeah. that was great. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed that. And I think a lot of it was a little same samey to me because it was like, okay, here's another scene of them diving. That's here's another true. scene of them diving. Here's another scene, which I mean, like, that's the point, right? Yeah. But that's just not something that I was really interested in. So it did kind of blend together, but it was short. And I think... Oh, yeah, it was the perfect um, you know. length for, like, this is the amount of time you would want to spend on this. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that part I'm, was executed very well. I mean, there definitely was stuff about it that I was, like, intrigued by in terms of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, you know, a solid little middle grade book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot here to, like, uh, spark the interest of younger readers. I personally am, like, terrified of mm. deep water and scuba diving seems like the dumbest thing in the world to me. Like, just very foolhardy. I've never gone scuba diving. I have gone snorkeling before. Yeah. Um, and it didn't go great, mainly because the ocean contains one of my biggest fears, which is not something they went into, like, basically at all in these books. So that was great for me. But There was one mention of that. Mm, Dante had a had a reaction but that, like you no, would, No, because that's not a stingray. That's a manta ray. Oh, they're not they the same. Different. No, manta rays can't sting you. Mm, well, see, Thus, that's, that would be the difference. <laughs> yep, yeah, see, I, I don't love manta rays either. I think they're creepy, creepy dudes. They got cute little but, smiles. No, they're creepy little dudes. <laughs> um, Fuck those But guys. I fear them less than I do stingrays. That's fair. That's um, fair. But yeah, I... I thought that would crop up more and it did not and that made me wonder huh yeah i guess maybe most people aren't that afraid of stingrays huh that they <laughs> didn't use it as a horror element in this middle grade book yeah no for some reason they were just all about those sharks uh sharks barracudas yeah um, the things that bite you yeah the things that are actual threats <laughs> 
Oh, but I I like sharks. I was kind of a shark kid as a kid, so Uh like, um, yeah, loved it. Uh, I I was into the the animal part of this. I think. Yeah, this this was very like informative for Mm -hmm. uh, both like the. I don't know the the content like I don't know I just I just felt like I learned a lot about scuba diving that I wouldn't have otherwise. I will say it was informative, but in some ways, um, I'm I was like, uh, I, I don't know how much of this is accurate because like some of like the tiger shark thing that they don't get that big. That's mm. not they they don't. Um, so poor Clarence. I was like, well, who can who can say exactly how much of this has been fact checked because it's the early 2000s and a we're wild not as, time yeah we're not as proficient with google you know <laughs> it wasn't uh not everyone had it so you know you didn't have to be as on guard i guess idk um all right well cool we don't have any other segments so let's uh let's talk, talk about the book yeah let's talk let's about do it. it um let's get wet and wild <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Spring break. Uh, fall break. Fall, we're sorry. On our yeah, fall you're right. Fall break. <laughs> Wet and wild. The internship thing will make sense in about two minutes. Two here, minutes. It's so fast. Okay. So we have um, these four, like, 13 to 14 year old teens. There's four of them. Yes. Um, they all get this really. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Prestigious. Prestigious. Yeah, they get a really prestigious internship with the Poseidon Oceanographic Oceanic Oceanic Institute. Pos- Pos- the Poseidon Institute for Wet Boys and Girls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which and you know there was not enough uh, Percy Jackson in this book for me to. Oh man, really? Uh, well, there, we. We haven't read the third book yet. That's <laughs> true. He could show up. Him and little trident. I, let's read that series. Um, <laughs> I love me some Percy Jackson. Anyway, sorry. So they get this internship with the Poseidon Institute to work with some guy named Tad Cutter. Uh, this is this is like they don't open up uh, applications to under 16s because like why the fuck would they? <laughs> Like an I, this, 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 I was like, there's no, no, this isn't. And they're like doing the work of like older teens. I'm like, I would not just let four 13 year olds go scuba diving unsupervised as many times as these children are. Now I will say that the very flimsy reason for them being there gives some credence for it to be 13 year olds specifically and not older teens. Yeah. Once we find out the nefarious plans of the, nefariously named cutter yeah um doesn't sound like a bad guy gordon corman let me tell you he was like i need a bad guy his name is cutter i need someone who is kind of mean his name will be menace i need a pretty sea girl her name will be mariana like what are you doing bro (laughs) what what words remind me of what i need i need the best girl ever her name will be star star she's the best diver her name is star her name is star (laughs) Um, I need you to crack open a baby name book, please. Just yeah, or even just a random name generator. Surely yeah, they have those on like GeoCities or guy. Angel Fire sites. Uh, back in the day, you could have. <laughs> you could have. So we've got the four teens. Uh, 
Bobby Kaczynski, who goes by Kaz, and that's the only reason why I said his last name, so you understood why. I was like, we got some, we got some Six of Crows shit up in here with Kaz. <laughs> uh, they're stealing stuff, and here he also is. Also, very sports romance, I will say. His whole backstory. I oh was my like, gosh, I read yes. this. I've read this sports romance before. Uh, they're not going like, to have sex in this one, are they? <laughs> that's not the direction this goes, obviously. But I was like, okay, this is a setup that I have <laughs> this read. This is familiar. <laughs> yeah, so he is a uh, he's a hockey star of a kid. He's the best the, hockey boy the ever. The best hockey boy out of all the eighth graders. Out of all the hockey old boys. <laughs> he's expected to go to the <laughs> NHL. I know, whatever they have in Canada, the equivalent <laughs> Is it the he, NHL in Canada? I don't know anything about hockey. Is the thing couldn't say couldn't say. Um, he has recently given up the sport uh, because he like body checked another player, and even though he did everything like correctly, like this was not like an illegal offensive hit. It was a perfectly fine hit. Something happened where the other player uh, suffered an injury and became paralyzed. Could never do hockey again. So Kaz was like carrying this guilt around with him, like survivor's guilt sort of situation right uh that's his whole deal very angsty we have adriana she's just a rich girl um she's the worst one (laughs) adriana her she knows everything first of all she Uh, is he was like i need an encyclopedia with them but that will get wet wait i have a solution (laughs) i have a solution i'll just put in the most like annoying rich girl i've ever created (laughs) Uh, her parents ignore her, which is her sad backstory. Um, and they try to like ship her off to different activities so they don't have to spend the summer with her. And she's really bummed because usually she goes and hangs out with her uncle. For the past two years, she's worked uh, at the like the British Museum or something with her uncle. I was like, girl, you were 11. What the fuck were you doing with a full ass job every summer? So her uncle uh, was going on an archaeology expedition over the summer and could only take one one of his nieces or nephews with them and he chose Adriana's older older nephew because of course like the one that's about to go to college is probably a good choice as opposed to the 13 year old who will have many more summers ahead of her to the one who needs something to put on his application yeah like exactly so of course he chose that whatever she's all she's all like really pissed off about that we have Dante. He's a very talented photographer. He's the best photographer boy. They People are already comparing him to Ansel Adams. They're like, this boy, he's got such an eye. Um, the thing about Dante is he holds this, this, this terrible secret dark, you can't tell a single secret. person about. Even though I feel like, okay, shouldn't you have to disclose that if you were doing, like, if you're doing an oh, activity? Oh, not, not you went for the photography. No, not for photography. I was like, I don't think so. Like, like if you if there are like a lot of things that like you can't as we all know from Little Miss Sunshine you cannot be uh, a yes, pilot this was if you're my colorblind. Point of reference as well. Can you be a scuba well, diver if you're colorblind? I think the difference is that Dante is a child. Yeah, that's and true. And the kid from Little Miss Sunshine that was is almost not career. a child. Yeah, and is going and wanted to go into it as a career where there would have been tests. Yeah, I think. Probably they just maybe they asked on the forums like, "Hey, you colorblind?" And Dante was like, "Trying not nope. to be, <laughs> <laughs> trying to learn to about colors." Which color, is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, Dante was also in the 
bottom two. Absolutely. Of this group he and Adriana four. would flip flop to which one I dislike the most. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he. I would. I generally prefer Dante just because he has some sort of motivation and backstory, but also it's a bad one. Yeah. So, like. Yeah, he's too into the treasure. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I need him that. to chill out. He needs to a take. Lot. Yeah, he just needs to take a step back. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he wants to go, he wants to shoot underwater photos of coral reefs. Cause he's like, there's so much color underwater that surely if I do this, I can kind of learn to tell the differences between all the colors. And then I can shoot color photography, which is like what every, every great photographer has to do. And I'm like, you've been compared to Ansel Adams. You know, you can get by on just black and white photography. Right. That's Number fine. one. <laughs> Number two. Um, I, this is a buck wild plan. Why would you not just go get some paints and like, look at the paints yes. that you know the names of the color you for? You mean in a controlled like, environment? Wouldn't... Right. Like get a fucking Crayola box, my guy. What are we doing? Oh my God. And number three, also, um, I follow this girl on TikTok who does these videos. The of makeup like, girl? The makeup yes, girl who I does, love her who's color- I love her. Yes. I need to see what her name is so we can credit her. But she does like color she's colorblind and she does like black and white videos of her picking out like makeup and clothes and stuff and then she'll show you the color versions and she's usually pretty like yeah, she, has she does a, a color, good job yeah she's like she has like a color selector thing on her phone so like she can do that but like even when she doesn't use that she she generally gets the idea of what colors are supposed to be just from like common knowledge of like this sort of thing is supposed to be this color so yes. i'm assuming this is what color it is so i feel like if he really wanted to fake his way in the art world like going scuba diving in order to see all of the colors and not see them doesn't make sense you had many other choices and it wasn't really necessary in the first place agreed mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and then and then lastly we have star who she's a very good diver she's the best of them all um but her, she has um, cerebral palsy, which gives her a limp. And um, so while she walks around on on land, it sounds weird. <laughs> while she's on land, she she does she limps. But when she's out in the water, her limp doesn't bother her, so she can feel like she moves naturally. She's at home in the water. Um, and as we later find out, like she was specifically chosen for this internship because she had cerebral palsy. So they were like, Oh, well she's probably, you know, not going to be good at this whole underwater thing. So that's why she was hired, which is, you know, shitty, but yeah, I would also say everyone's reaction to her limping is, it was so, so overblown. And so let's just read the, let's (laughs) Kaz's first reaction, uh, was absolutely wild. Uh, let me find it. Because he centers himself, first of all, in this whole situation. Of course, of I'm course. Like, bro, you you got to not. Um, where is it? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he sees um, he sees Star. She's swimming up off the beach, and she's stepping out of the water. And at first, Kaz thought she stumbled, but then it happened again and again. She's limping, he exclaimed out loud. She's a... He was about, sorry for this, he was about to say cripple when the image of Drew Christensen, which is the boy that he paralyzed, cut into his mind like a jagged fork of lightning. You can't use that word, Kaz thought to himself. You've forfeited the right. First of all. Ooh, lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack there. And then they all, for the rest of the book and presumably the rest of the series, they default to handicap every time they're talking about it, which is also not the preferred nomenclature mm-hmm. um, at this point. Um but, I mean, I, I'll give that a 
it was a different time pass mm. for but yeah kaz's reaction is so buck wild it's so <laughs> i forfeited the right please no no one has no one has the right no to one, say no that except for that. people in that group who use it as a reclaim thing it's a slur buddy like yeah my dude my guy (laughs) yes everyone is so amazed uh that a girl who who walks with a slight limp can Mm -hmm. swim yeah it's just mind-blowing to everyone (laughs) wow so those are our four main characters the thing i didn't care for with this book with the with the narration is Mm -hmm. we do get povs from each of the characters but it's not like separated by chapters it's just like you know there's a few paragraphs from kaz's eyes and then we'll switch to dante for some reason and then a few paragraphs later it's star and it's like so inconsistent i hated it i'm wondering if um because this is a thing i think that happens a lot with like transcription of these older books like Mm -hmm. it it feels weird calling an older book i mean it is it is yeah um but a lot of times with the transcription and especially with these like kids books where they do that uh narrative shift instead of a chapter break it will be like a little you know like picture of a dolphin or oh like yeah a like bunch of stars yeah. you know that sort of thing um for like paragraph breaks where they're switching uh uh perspectives mm-hmm. so i would really like to go see if my parents still have my brother's copies of these books to see if oh, that's the case yeah if they're broken up um, a little bit better yeah because i i would just from having like looked at the formatting of like animorphs versus the kindle edition of animorphs where there is that sort of like formatting thing too of like oh there used to be a line here or whatever and now there isn't because for whatever reason they didn't put that in the kindle format mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see yeah go snoop go see i i will i will try to try to snoop and see if they've still or if my brother has them i can't imagine no he does but <laughs> I also wouldn't imagine. I feel like they're probably at my parents' house if anywhere. Mark, write in. Let us know. Mark. Do you still have your <laughs> copies of these books? We know you definitely listen to this show. Yeah, you're a most consistent listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So these children, the, the, the Poseidon Institute is in the Caribbean. Martinique. Martin, is that me saying that correctly? Martinique. Martinique. No, it's French, so yeah. it feels that's, like you should that's where they are. put a little stank on it. <laughs> Drop some letters. Make yeah. it make it sound Martin. nasally. Yeah. Um none of them are very talented at scuba diving except Star, as we mentioned. And all of them are confused about why they were chosen for this internship, but they're not gonna question it. They're rolling with they're it. Like, well, you know, we are famous children, I guess. Yeah. Kaz is like my agent got me this job. Adriano's like my parents pulled some favors, but Dante's like, I don't know. I don't know how no. I got here. Please. I think it's because of my photography. I think they loved my photography. Um, the person cutter who is in charge of their internship ignores the children for the most part. Um, and so a captain named Vanover takes pity on them. And he's like, hey, I'll take you guys out for a dive. You've been here for like 48 hours and no one has said or done anything with you. Uh, so come on out with me and my friend Gerard, who we all call English. Yeah. Uh, he's grumpy. Don't mind him. He's grumpy and French. He's grumpy and French. Um, everything is going fine. They're on their dive. And then Kaz sees a shark. And he just pulls out a knife and kills it. This is a total normal reaction for a 13-year-old when they see a shark in the water. It's like, gotta kill it. 
<laughs> I don't know. This was Just wild to me. <laughs> what you do with sharks. Kaz is... Like, it's so weird. And I know this is skipping ahead to book two. But it's so weird because this whole book, Kaz is like, sharks? Sharks. Hmm, sharks. Mm -hmm. And doesn't seem to, like, particularly care in one way or another. Like, he's like, I don't like sharks. Definitely. I don't know much about them. Even a little bit. And then, like, (laughs) book two, there's this whole, like, info drop about how Kaz used to be obsessed with sharks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he's only now realized it's because he's so afraid of them. And I'm like, you neither seemed obsessed nor afraid of the sharks last book. Yeah, no, you... Why didn't we decide this? <laughs> I guess it had it took a long time to sink in that he, he killed that shark because he was Really ruminating it. over why he stabbed a shark. Tiny little tiger shark. Itty bitty. Um, I don't think it was even a tiger shark, was it? It was like a... a who knows? Like a, it was like a very, very like mild shark. Yeah, mild. tiger sharks Tiger sharks are the spicy ones. Yeah, it wasn't one of those big spicy boys. <laughs> big spicy tiger sharks. <laughs> um, <laughs> tiger sharks are in the top three, I believe, for uh, really? shark bites or shark bite fatalities. Can't remember oh. which. Yeah, it's, it's tiger sharks... Great whites, which are like the number one, and bull sharks. Mm. And bull sharks get up there because they're like, um, A, they can go in fresh water and do for breeding purposes, we think. Okay. And they like. They like that fresh, horny water. They like that fresh, horny water. And they do this thing called like bump and bite. Oh, where that like, does sound horny. Yeah, right? It does. <laughs> Would you like to come uh, to my bump like, and bite party? <laughs> Just they'll like bump casual. into things and then bite it to try to like see what it is. Oh my. So like oh a my. lot of humans get bitten by bull sharks. Oh, they're just uh, curious little horny dudes. Yeah, just horny bull sharks. Yeah, they're really, they, they're just checking to see if you're down. If you're down to, to hang out at their bump and bite party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next they're... time you're in freshwater and you get bitten by a shark, maybe instead turn around and bite them back. Yeah, hot, wet, bumping parties. Yeah, who knows? You should always try new things because you'll never know yes. what you end up loving. So, yeah. could be sharks. Could be sharks. Also, though, they think that probably the oceanic white tip is like maybe the shark that has eaten the most people because it, oh. it it's out in like deep water, so it eats um uh like whatever the fuck it can find. No, no, oh. um uh uh. uh <laughs> What, what are they called? People people who have survived or who have been wrecked, like uh, shipwreck, shipwreck. People. Oh, oh, shit. What is that word? There is a word for it. Right. Like shit. Floaty boys. Floaty. Yeah. <laughs> float, float, water floaty boys. Floaty, floaty boys in the ocean. Maroon, they, ma- mar- mar- marooned at Marooners? sea. Marooners? <laughs> what is Maroon- this fucking word? <laughs> I don't even know if there is a word or if I just said it. Now it's in our head that there should be It feels be like one. there should be a word. There should be a word for people who are in the sea because they're boat wrecked. Floaters. Survivors? But then they don't because they get eaten by a shark. Then they get eaten by a shark. So the the floaters previously known as survivors. Yeah. Here. Anyway, they get eaten by oceanic white tip. Uh, sharks all the time because well not all the time but you know like they they think that actually those might be higher on the list because we don't know exactly how many people they've eaten yeah we just we can't that we can't know how many floaters there are in the ocean we can't know and to be clear (laughs) sharks are friends and not um they they don't attack humans that often but Mm -hmm. you know they do sometimes and it's interesting (laughs) only when they're horny 
only when horny. That's the most important thing. So you should be flattered if a shark bites you. It's a compliment. Um, so Gaz kills the shark. Been, this has been my animal corner where I just talk about sharks. It's been a while. You know, we don't get as many of those in, yeah. in Warrior cats, It's all cats. So it's all cat facts. <laughs> We talked about so many different animals with animals, yeah. and to be stuck really with just one type is yeah. hard. <laughs> I just want to share my zoo facts with the world. <laughs> also, though, most uh, of these type of sharks you can't keep in a zoo because they oh. have to swim so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the longest they kept a great white in captivity was, like, maybe a few years, and then it bit it. That's sad. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's so sad. You can keep whale sharks, though, because they're, like, slow and boring. And they also, do look pretty derpy. They're just kind of there. <laughs> if Animal Crossing is anything to go by, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> Kaz kills this other shark, though. He wasn't horny. <laughs> he just kills it for fun. And, he did uh, not get consent to <laughs> have the shark. <laughs> Some sharks are into that, but you got to ask. you got to ask first. There's blood everywhere. Um, English... He pulls Kaz up to the surface and everyone else also retreats because the ocean turns into a feeding frenzy uh, because of the blood in the water. And this begins English's disdain for these children. He's like, I hate these American kids. And I Kaz is like, I'm Canadian, bro. <laughs> <laughs> also, is Adriana American? or Because I was thinking her. I thought she was British, but maybe not. I thought so, too. But maybe it's just her uncle who is. Yeah. Unclear. Who can say? I didn't read this closely. <laughs> yeah. But he- Every time he says American, only Kaz, Kaz is does. like, I'm Canadian. I'm actually just Canadian. And Adriana doesn't say anything, so I guess she's American? Mm-hmm. No. Or doesn't care. Or doesn't care. Yeah, she's too cool. She's too rich to care about. She's too rich to care about <laughs> nationality. Yeah. She's like... She has she has citizenship in like eight different countries. Absolutely. <laughs> she stole it. Um, <laughs> we also learn about Clarence, who is this like... What, like, 8 to 10 foot long? 18 foot. Oh, sorry. 18 foot. Yeah. Well, you know, 8 to 10 is 18 sometimes. Yeah, 8 plus 10. Yeah, I wasn't far. <laughs> uh, he's this big old tiger shark that just has terrorized this institute for, like, 20 years. He just keeps popping back up and biting people every so often. And, I mean, we definitely get the vibe that this is, like, a big fish story. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, like, a tall tale. Like, oh, it- Blame everything on Clarence sort of situation. Which is why I was kind of like, oh, maybe that's, like, maybe the author is aware that 18 feet is not how big tiger sharks get. And, mm. like, it is intentionally exaggerated. But, but I don't know. Clarence is a recurring character. so Clarence does eventually show up. But <laughs> I feel like there is more to Clarence. I feel more like. More to Clarence than meets the eye. I feel like there's more to Clarence. I think Clarence has some. Maybe. I was going to say, like, he's been mutated or something mm-hmm. by some sort of something. Or, like, um, he grew so big because he feasts on the, the bones of drowned sailors. I don't know. Yeah. Something That's to leading a little his... bit into paranormal. I feel like yeah, I know. this is very I grounded know. in reality, unfortunately, for I everyone. just want the shark to be, like, a ghost shark or something. That would be... I would. You know what? Let's make a movie called Ghost Shark. Ghost Shark? Yeah. Uh, that's got to be a movie. I feel like we've talked about it on this it's show before. Probably. The loneliest, horniest shark. He can't He can't go to any bite and bump parties because he's he's translucent ghost. I'm about to 
Ghost Shark. Oh, apparently, okay, it is a film. Ah, damn. Someone uh, took our idea already. And it's an animal. Oh. There's a type of shark called a ghost shark. Oh, well, apologies to all the ghost sharks out there listening. We didn't know. We didn't know. Um, My shark facts did not reach far enough. <laughs> your zoo books did not mention. <laughs> Damn it. I should also at this point. Uh, Are ghost sharks real? People ask. Oh, they're not actually sharks. Oh. They're closely related to sharks and rays. Oh, and well, then you're in the clear. Yeah, I'm That's good. That's why you didn't know. It's not yeah, a real exactly. shark. You're it's pure not a real shark, shark fact. I'm 100% shark all the time, baby. <laughs> Just like the sharks, you never stop. <laughs> Um, <laughs> at this point, I also I also should mention that we do get some chapters here inserted about some kid named Samuel Higgins in 1665. Like basically, he has a whole tragic past where, like, he was kidnapped as a young boy to work as a chimney sweep, and when he got too big to go in the chimneys, he was like tossed out, had nowhere to go, signed up with this ship. Um, and and then this this whole book basically details how everything on the ship is miserable. Everything is sad. The captain is an asshole who whips people all the time. His only friend on the ship was this old man who also had a very tragic backstory because this is the 1660s and nobody had money. And no one's happy. <laughs> no one was happy. Uh, he died at the captain's hands, but then Samuel like saves the captain's life kind of almost against Samuel's will. He's like, ah, oh, damn it. I didn't mean to save him. Should have let him die. Uh, and then kind of becomes the captain's little, like, favorite lucky um, charm. <laughs> His little lucky charm. And they nickname him Lucky. And that's basically everything that happens to Samuel in this book. He's sad. He's miserable. He's wet. He's on a ship he hates. They're really going to have to do a lot of work in book three to make me ju- to justify to me why this story is in this book. I really didn't need to know all this stuff about Samuel. I did. Like, I his did. ship wrecked in 1665. Spoilers if for the prologue of this book. And, um, you know, that's it. Yeah. I just, it's a lot of really sad info in what was otherwise a delightful, yeah, it a was delightful such a romp with fish. Like, Fuck, another Samuel chapter? This is the worst. <laughs> I don't want to be sad. I want to read about fish. I want to go swimming with the children. <laughs> oh, no. This sounds terrible. Um, so every morning, the children get up super early to get on the ship with Cutter so they can actually do their internship. Because for some reason, these kids are so sad about how their internship is a bust. First of all, you're a bunch of 13-year-olds on a Caribbean island with the ability to just hang out at the beach and none of you wanted to be here none in the first place except here. for Star. Yeah. Like, Kaz is only here, in this book at least, only here because his agent told him to do it. Yeah, find a new which, hobby that's not hockey. Okay. Yeah, so that you can get your mind off of hockey yeah. and therefore be ready to play more hockey. Okay. Okay. Uh, Adriana is here because she's sad that, you know, it's she's the pouting. only place that would take her. She's pouting. Dante's like, I'm here to learn about the ocean, but also I hate the ocean and never want to go I in it. So it feels like diving. I just want to feels see like this would be an out for him, like to yeah, not have to do like, this. I can photograph birds. Great. Cool. Love a bird. <laughs> Somebody's like, man, I really wanted to see all of the beautiful colors underwater. And someone's like, oh, I mean, like, there's also beautiful colors up here. What? <laughs> no one told me. No one told me birds were colorful. Damn. 
so why are they worried about how their resumes are going to look at the age of 13? Like, what kind of hustle culture have we established for these <laughs> children to be so upset that their internship on a Caribbean island is a bust? Like, yes, this is 100% the biggest, like, suspension of disbelief required absolutely. for this book. is How badly that they these, want to work. <laughs> yes, and that these characters are 13. Because it's like, they shouldn't be as, like, if you're going to have a book with maybe, like, one kid genius or like kid prodigy okay i guess but when all four of them are like they're 13 and they're amazing at hockey they're amazing at photography they're amazing at diving they're amazing at being a nerd like (laughs) it's just a little much it is it is again it works if they're like 17 and they're like i need to put something down for you know college apps or whatever but they're not i just don't think 13 year olds have hobbies no (laughs) uh also they're all bratty but whatever yeah i also i'm like i'm with english like i would also not want to hang out with a bunch of 13 year olds and i understand where he's coming from (laughs) i mean i think honestly it would be a problem if he did want to hang out with a bunch of 13 year olds they're all surprised of like why doesn't he like us why doesn't this guy like us adult like (laughs) it's like i know I'm, I'm not going to bring up Mariana yet. We'll get to Mariana when we talk about Mariana. I don't think I mentioned her very much. So if you want to talk about her now, that's fine. So Cutter has an assistant or like a lackey or like a fellow scientist. Who they're not I all don't scientists. Even know they're scientists. They're just. Like, I don't think they are. I dude, think they're just pretending yeah. to be scientists. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but her name's Mariana and she's nice to the kids once they finally do like trick Cutter into letting them participate, basically. Yeah. She's the um, honey pot. Yes, she's, like, very nice to them. And the boys are, like, so horny for her. And I'm, like, I... This is an interesting move. Because it's, like, oh, I want to introduce the fact that they are 13 and probably, you know, getting those feelings. impulses. But I don't want any of these impure thoughts projected on my lovely, pure girl characters. (laughs) So we'll have them crush on an adult woman instead. (laughs) And, I mean, like, I'm not saying that 13-year-olds don't develop crushes on adults. like that obviously happens you know and it's fine as long as the adult never reciprocates in any way yes um but it's just so weird that it's both of them and like everyone like the girls are like constantly annoyed that the boys are horny for her and it's just very weird vibes all the way around and she kind of i think like she knows and she uses it to her advantage a couple times to like Mm -hmm. get in their good graces and possibly sneak into their bedrooms who can say yes that's yes. that's a plot point for the next book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, they're they're waking up at like four a.m. to try to try and work this fucking job, and they just can't. Cutter keeps leaving earlier than them somehow every goddamn day. He's just he's gone before they get there, regardless of how early it is. Um, Captain Vanover is finally like, "Hey, why don't you guys just spend the night on the ship so that by the time they realize you're there, it'll be too late?" So, and they're like, "Good idea." They do that. <laughs> um, and then when they're discovered, they meet they meet Mariana, who's like, "Oh, how cute! Look, our little intern snuck aboard. Let's give him a job." Um, they're given the job of tagging underwater caves with marker buoys. Which definitely seems just like busy work, even to these 13 year olds. They're like, why do we, what are you guys even looking for? Um, they, they kind of like give the kids this vague answer of like, oh, we're just like mapping out the coral reef. Don't worry about it. But Adriana's like, no, you're not. I can tell because I'm a genius. Um, 
Anyway, underwater, they find a German plane from World War II. Love to see mm-hmm. random Nazis pop up. Love it. <laughs> Love to see it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's great. So good. They're, <laughs> they're very excited about this discovery. Um, and Star even enters the aircraft. She's like, I need a souvenir to document my, my you discovery. You don't, Star. Star, you don't. You don't need to start collecting Nazi paraphernalia at age 13. That's <laughs> not a choice you need to make. To Star. <laughs> Someone needs to be like, Star, no. Yeah, no, it's just I really love the history. I love World War II history is the thing. It's just it's just a choice yeah. to oh. make it be a German plane. Like, there were other planes. There were other countries. <laughs> like, these are the West French Indies. Why wasn't it, like, French planes? I don't know. Maybe I don't know anything about planes or World War II. I almost certainly don't know enough about planes during World War II to tell you which planes would have been there. Yeah. Why even have it? Why, why not just say a plane? It looks old. Okay. Yeah. Had to be Nazis, though. Uh, Star, Star goes in to, like, get some bullets out of this thing, and it starts falling apart around her. And she gets, like, her air tube um, gets all tangled up in the cockpit and she almost suffocates but then Kaz comes and rescues her and she doesn't even thank him for this at any point in the books. Like, She's just like doesn't doesn't say it. Like, isn't nicer to him. Doesn't ever acknowledge the fact that she just about died here in this stupid Nazi airplane. Like But she's so salty that he likes Mariana. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I, I feel like... She's salty. She, he helped her because of her disability. It makes her angry every time she has helped with anything. Is that how I, the author is portraying her? This might be a, a series theory prediction, uh-huh. but I feel uh-huh. like they're going to kiss by the end <gasps> Ew, of this. no. They're so young. Yeah. I no. think they're going to do a chaste, a chaste peck on the lips yeah. at some point. Yeah. Or maybe a side hug. That could be. I could see that because they do have some moments where they, they constantly save each other's lives, though. So. Yeah. And I think saving someone's life and then not being thanked for it is a is like a a way to build tension that could mm-hmm. lead to like a romantic thing in a like weird fucked up way. We'll you know? We'll Do you know see. what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah. If this was like an enemies to lovers fantasy yes. romance, yes, I think that's Absolutely. kind of the vibe they're going for with yeah. this, of like, oh, how dare he save my life, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then in that big now romantic to... build up, I never yeah. did thank you. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be all like I think it's just supposed to be vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not gonna go in. There's no smut in these books. I mean, (laughs) like I don't think we're necessarily gonna get like her being like, and I didn't thank him because I'm secretly in love with. I had a crush on him since I saw that big hunky hockey player. Yeah, I think that that's just how I'm reading it as girl with a Mm -hmm. girl with a crush being awkward around her crush. But I could be wrong. Instead, Gordon Corman has portrayed her as, I don't want help from anybody ever, sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Which, at times, is understandable, but also, like, you would have died, so. IDK. Um, they report the, the Nazi airplane to Cutter, who's like, you guys are so fucking dumb. That's a movie prop. I can't believe you fell for it. They just, first of all, though, why is it, like, do they just, do they just leave junk in the ocean after they film a movie that seems disgusting i think they do oh my god i'm gonna stop watching movies i swear to god i mean i i know that there have been ships that have been sunk for movies and stuff and i don't think that and they, they just leave them there 
Yeah, I don't think... Well, because also this is a thing. Um, I might be conflating two ideas here, but they do... They have used, like, I think, like, sunken, like, old ships. They've, like, intentionally sunk in order to, like, kickstart a coral reef, basically. Okay. Um, as, like, a coral reef preservation thing. Yeah. Um, I think, I think so. I feel like maybe, maybe, maybe that. Maybe it's good maybe? To, sink a, to sink an airplane. Maybe it's fine, actually. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like it feels bad. It feels weird, and but you know also what? like I'm not gonna watch any more movies about shipwrecks now. So take that Hollywood. I'm just kidding. I probably will. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I feel like I haven't watched that many movies about shipwrecks. Titanic. Yeah, that was a fake ship. <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's it. the only one. Um. Ghost ship. <laughs> Ghost ship. Classic. That might be what I was thinking we had talked about. Ghost shark, ghost, ghost shark. ship. Yeah, ghost shark, ghost ship. Understandable. You know? Anything else where a thing sinks in the water? Um. Mm. <laughs> Mine's drawn in blank. Literally, I've never seen a boat ever. I don't on, know. Yeah, I movie, honestly, like, if you asked me to draw a picture of a boat, I wouldn't know where to start. I don't think I would know what it is. I wouldn't know. And we might even be pronouncing it wrong. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um. <laughs> so the, the kids like fuck. We were like, this is gonna be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> the next one will be. The next, the next one, one will, be. will be. Just kidding. Uh, the kids kind of fall into a routine with Cutter, but they're suspicious because. Um, even though Cutter told them, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, mapping out the reef, guys. Don't worry about it. Adriana's like, the data that you're collecting looks like you're looking for metal in the water. Um, because Adriana can just glance at a spreadsheet. A readout and know, and know what that readout is yeah. of. She's a genius. I don't know if you've heard. She's a rich, beautiful genius. And she's been on so many archaeological so digs. So many. So many. She's like a museum at this point. <laughs> Um, they decide that Cutter has stuck them with some busy work because maybe he's working on a secret government contract where they're trying to find, like, old tech from, from naval stuff. I don't fucking know. They make a wild leap. Um, but then they, like, go to Vandover later to ask, like, hey, what could, uh, what, what are the reasons people would look for metal in the water? And he's like, oh, that's usually only done by treasure hunters. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Um, some time passes and they eventually they go on a dive where they start swimming with some dolphins. <laughs> like they grab onto the dolphins and just let let the dolphins take the wheel. But the dolphins fucking ran them into some coral and they all get beat up. <laughs> and as they're flopping around in the water, Dante looks around and because he's colorblind, he is able to better like see the difference between the types of textures underwater or something because the the colors are not what's catching his eye it's like the actual like way that things look and feel i guess i don't know um dante sees an anchor underneath the coral and uh he points this out to the others and he grabs like this random piece of debris that is floating around the anchor which he thinks it's like oh maybe some metal has shaved off of this because it's been underwater for so long he doesn't know. He he grabs it and they take it up to show Cutter and his crew. You know, you know how metal flakes apart. Yeah, just in perfect circular discs. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. It definitely doesn't like rust or anything like that. Yeah, it no. definitely flakes apart. Huge <laughs> chunks. <laughs> Big chunks. Um, and again, Cutter is like, "No, you dumb children. This again is a movie prop. Didn't you know they filmed a movie where Harrison Ford or something sank a ship here? It's like." You guys, you guys are so embarrassing, truly. But let me so, take that medal from you. I just want it as a souvenir. I loved that movie so much. And they're like, okay, here you go. Here you go. Um, we believe. We believe in you because we're 13 and you're adults. Makes sense. Um, the next day, Cutter and his crew set out without the interns, which they're real pissed off. They thought they, they, thought they had something going with Cutter. They're like, we're doing our job now. Why would he just leave us? They go to his lab to see if they can track anyone down. And um, it's empty, of course, because treasure hunters don't need to use a lab space. But they see that Dante's piece of debris that he pulled up from underwater has been cleaned up. And Adriana immediately clocks. She's like, that's a piece of eight. And they're like, what? It's a Spanish silver piece worth eight reals. Duh. It's a piece of eight. You idiots. (laughs) And they realize, hey, I think that was a real shipwreck, not just a movie prop anchor. Um, Maybe Cutter is trying to steal our find. So they run over to Captain Vanover, who they're like, Captain, Captain, Cutter has left us behind again. And he gets real mad. (laughs) This guy, I'm like, what is his job? He's a captain, like a sea captain. Mm -hmm. He has a ship. But to for whom? For for captaining. Captaining whomst? The the what does he do what is he getting paid to do here because he's always available whenever these children need him and is never talking to any other adults except english who is not a full-time employee of the poseidon oceanographic institute (laughs) he's captaining our hearts oh Mm. (laughs) i like that um there you go in your mind's eye is captain vanover hot or is he like what kind no, of sea captain is he to you? He's um old, old and um not like decrepit old, but like salt, salt spray. Oh yeah, like he's wizened. got the fisherman sweater in the yes, Caribbean. Yes, the hot one is definitely English. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you know, we love just a toxic man, <laughs> <laughs> or possibly a totally normal man who just who hates just hates kids. teens. I who love just that even more. Deal with these teenagers. Uh, <laughs> so Vanover is like, I'm going to get on my boat. I'm taking you out to Cutter's boat and we'll see. We'll settle this here and now. On the way out, they hear a loud blast. And usually Vanover is like, usually when you hear a blast like that on the ocean, it's because a ship's engine blew. We've got it. We got to pick up the pace. So he speeds up the boat, I guess. And when they get there, everything seems fine. And they're told, oh, no, uh, our ship's engine just backfired is what cutter says and uh they are like oh that's that was really loud but okay we'll accept your word for it also surprise i've brought your interns and cutter's like "Ooh, not a great move my man my scuba diving stuff is not working today so um, Vanover's like, well, it's okay that your scuba diving stuff isn't working. Um, I'll just, like, let them dive from my ship. And then when they're done, they'll get on your boat and you take them back to the lab after. And Mariana's like, okay, well, that's fine. We're moving to a new location. So, like, hold on. Don't don't dive in here yet. Um, but before she can, Mariana can stop her, Star dives into the water. And Adriana follows because buddy system. Um, 
because Star is like, fuck these adults. I want to see my shipwreck. And they dive down in the water and they see that part of the reef, the part where they found the anchor, has been destroyed with dynamite. (gasps) Terrible. Which I thought that this was going to be the main concern of everyone of like mm-hmm. they're destroying the coral reef they don't which give is a shit about it endangered and this illegal is, it takes forever for it to regrow you're not supposed to even touch it really ever because it takes forever for it to regrow right. and they like, never tell an adult about this it's kind of like a, a like oh look they're bad because they did this uh-huh. but like but I we thought, deserve like, the treasure I, right. I feel like if this was like an Animorphs book, the, it would be like, we have to stop them from destroying more of the coral reef. Yeah. But that is not the problem. They're like, oh, they're stealing our treasure. And also they destroyed the coral reef in the pursuit of yeah. stealing our treasure. We and do that's, that with, when we that's were why they, <laughs> that's why they are morally wrong because they are taking our treasure. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know <laughs> that that's anything. <laughs> but I, you, you're 13. You're excited by the prospect of being a billionaire. I get that. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but you can't be, it, it, again, spoilers for the next book. Like, you can't be mad at them for blowing up the reef and still be treasure hungry, as someone mm-hmm. says in the next book. And maybe that's the arc of it. Maybe, maybe. like, by the third book, I'm kind of, like, I'm not going to get too much into theories, I think, on this one. We'll save it for the next one. But, like, maybe they're going to be like, oh, we actually gave the treasure to a museum or something like that, which, you know, (laughs) is also. I'm a museum. (laughs) Adriana is a sentient museum (laughs) who's come to life. I need more (laughs) money. You don't. You're poor. I know about pieces of aid. I have those in my West Wing. I mean. (laughs) Let me just hold on to it. I'm the only one here that knows how to handle money. I'll just hold on to it. It absorbs into her skin. (laughs) Part of the amalgam. <laughs> oh, I just got an inventory of this. <laughs> uh, so uh, the girls jump in the water. Mariana gets real pissed off and tells Kaz and Dante, go down there and get those girls. Uh, Kaz dives in. But one of the one of the people on Cutter's boat, I think his name is Reardon or something. He like is always fishing. Uh, and somehow Kaz dives in and just gets caught up in the fishing line. Uh, there's like a big fish, a, a grouper attached to it. And so the line is really taut. And so I don't know how this happens, but he gets, he gets tangled up in a taut fishing line and uh, is dragged down into the depths by this grouper. And he's, he's trying to cut himself free, but he loses his grip on his knife. Could it be like a dog on a leash situation where the grouper like... He swims into it, uh-huh. pulls the line, and then the grouper kind of is continuing to swim. Oh, so he's just caught in the middle. So he's like, yeah, like when a dog wraps around you with a leash, you know? Could be. Just Maybe. like all this ocean and you swam in the only part that had this tiny, thin fishing line. <laughs> like, it's hard to see in the water. <laughs> uh, so he's getting dragged down real fast. Um, but the line goes slack. And Kaz sees that this big fish was eaten by a shark, but not just any shark. It's Clarence, our really big shark. (laughs) Our big boy. Our our famously humongous boy. (laughs) 
Um, so back up at the surface, Dante, who like did not dive in with, or no, he did dive in. He saw this all happen. Um, he, he goes back to the surface. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. He goes back up to the <laughs> surface to be like, um, Kaz was dragged down to the bottom of the ocean and there's a shark. Uh, and English is there. I forget. English is just there hanging out on the sure, boat. Why not? He's there. The grumpy guy. Uh, he, he gets into this shark cage. He's like, I guess I have to, I guess I have to emasculate myself and climb in the shark cage and go down to rescue this teen boy. I just, real men don't need shark cages when they're going up against sharks. (laughs) He's pissed about this. So embarrassed. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, he gets down there. Kaz is just like laying on the ground. Uh, and he picks them up and they start swimming towards the, the shark cage. But the shark chases them. And while they get into the cage, the, the shark kind of, like, attaches itself to the door. So they can't they can't secure the door shut. But also the shark is too stupid to realize that if it just, like, lets go, the door will swing open. And then he can get in and eat these people. But it's fine. That's this There would I'm be no saying. more bugs this if is, this didn't happen. This is not normal shark behavior. Why is the shark and so pissed? Is normal behavior for a vengeful ghost shark. That's so true. I just Maybe think, now I'm thinking, rethinking this. Is he the guardian uh-huh. of the depths? Yes. Like he's trying to protect the treasure, man. Yeah. He's he's the ghost of Samuel Higgins. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh! It all comes full See, circle. <laughs> we found it. We found the fantasy element in this non-fantasy yes, book. Yes, Clarence we will attack it. anyone who is thirsty for treasure and not for preserving this coral reef. Mm-hmm. If you take the letters of Clarence and rearrange them and take some away and add a few, it becomes Samuel. Oh my god, so. that is so eerie. I, <laughs> I've got chills. Do <laughs> <Stupid>. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about this book. So. <laughs> Vanover is like trying to pull the cage out of the water, but the shark will just not let go. Even when they're six feet above the water, the shark is still like, fuck you. I'm never letting go. This is my cage now. (laughs) But English finally like picks up a compressed air tank and hits the shark on the head. And the shark lets go and falls into the water. Everyone is saved for now. I guess he just immediately disappears and doesn't go to bother the girls. He's just like, I've invested this day. (laughs) <laughs> which this is all leading into my yeah. ghost shark theory he can only be corporeal for so long no he's trying to attack a specific person English. because that person is his descendant and he's just trying to give him a hug he's with just his trying teeth. to invite him to the bump and bite party yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because we know that later on in book two, we find out English is a descendant of an Englishman, and that's why his name is English. Yeah. And what Englishman do we know of that was around here? The captain of the ship. Uh, that the Samuel Higgins the was, was or the Or Samuel himself. Boy. Or Samuel himself, yes. We don't know for sure when Samuel died. Could have been 1665. Could have been Probably. 2000. No, I'm saying maybe he lived long enough to have a kid. I don't know. Mm. He lived. <laughs> he he was he was a little floaty boy, and he bit yeah. the shark back. They invited him to the bump and shark party. <laughs> Things progressed. They had many children. They had many children. <laughs> Eventually, one of those children became English's great great grandparent. Oh my god! Incredible. <laughs> And when Samuel died, his spirit 
became that of a tiger shark. Because that is what was inside of him all along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was 18 feet long because he's part human. Yeah. And humans, <laughs> and humans are notoriously, famous humans notoriously are 18 feet long. <laughs> I see no holes in this theory. Nope. Please. Um... <laughs> The, the girls are on the bottom of the ocean. They're kind of like digging around looking for artifacts and stuff. They find a whalebone hilt to something and they bring that back with them. And uh, then they tell the boys like, hey, guess what? Guess what was happening underwater? Dynamite. And they're like, oh, my God, should we tell adults? And everyone was like, no. The no, end. probably not. <laughs> the book ends. Probably that wouldn't be a very good year olds deciding they're going <laughs> to take on the adults and probably the that wouldn't be a very good trilogy if we told an adult yeah they were like should we tell the authorities and they were like yeah and then the maritime police came out and arrested everyone and the book was over <laughs> the, the next two books are like about the court case and the court system yeah yes. <laughs> this book is actually just a prequel yeah. for uh gordon corman's other trilogy the courts the courts yeah the legal thriller weird choice for middle grade but it kind of works <laughs> hey. here um, you know, kind of absolutely wild. One of the lawyers is a shark. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's be specific. He's like a shark mermaid, but reverse. That's true. Yeah, I did. Sorry. I didn't want to mislead anybody. Uh, <laughs> shark head, man. Man body. <laughs> Flit fins, though, instead of arms. Fins, but yeah, he can carry a briefcase. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, his little <laughs> fins fold at the end. Yeah. As if he had a It's really cute. Really cute. Uh, <laughs> that was this book, The Discovery by Gordon Corman. And all what of a delight. Story. What a delight. What a delight. Well, we finished the first part of our internship. Yeah. I'm so glad. <laughs> I can't wait to put this um, on my resume. <laughs> also known as our Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So. We will be finishing this up. Yeah, but first, it's too good not to. It's too good. Um, next week, we are going to be starting my new unit, um, which we have discussed previously on the podcast, but will not discuss right now because we're filming these, filming these, recording these. <laughs> Live here. <laughs> Live. Poseidon Institute Theaters. <laughs> We're recording these out of order, and I haven't told Anna what it is yet, and I haven't. Really I have picked you picked one. one? <laughs> I've picked a genre. Okay, good. I have not picked the book. That's fine. That's that's good. So, that's good. That's progress. Yeah. Uh, the week after that, we will be back for another Maritime Monday. We're with taking another dive. We're taking another dive into dive, <laughs> dive, <laughs> dive, book two. The Deep by Gordon Corman. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did we want to I feel like, like I might have said that this was Dive Book One, The Deep, and it's Dive Book One, The, the Discovery. Discovery. The Discovery so. Channel. Um, <laughs> awesome. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you would like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the Smart Theme Song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. I know you are here for the shark facts and the shark facts only. You only subscribers get those. 
shark facts <laughs> delivered right to their earbuds. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Gordon Corman. Oh, well, Vanover conceded. If you're going to put blood in the water, all bets are off. Sharks are only human, you know. <laughs> no! Oh my god, it's foreshadowing. <laughs> the shark maid. All of the sharks come from Samuel. <laughs> Samuel is the ur shark. <laughs> shark prime. Samuel Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Carol adaptation where the ghost of Christmas present moves his cloak aside to show the little the little uh, two children of like famine and whatever else you know do you know which no, one I'm talking about? No, if it's okay, not okay, the never Scrooge mind. McDuck one or the Muppets that's one. fair. That's really fair, and I'm foolish. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen it also performed on the stage, but honestly, it was I hated it. Not as good. Not, not as, as good, good as a cartoon as or Scrooge Muppet or version. Muppet. <laughs> Uh, there's. I don't know if you've gotten to this part in in your Ducktales viewing. If you have resumed that at all since you've been home, I have not. There is an episode, a Christmas episode, where Scrooge McDuck is hanging out with the ghosts of Christmas Past, Present, and Future. This is the, this is the newer Ducktales, and uh, they make a joke about how they act, they met him when they were trying to visit a different Scrooge McDuck, and they liked this guy, and they just like have remained friends with him. And the ghosts of Christmas Past takes them to christmas parties of the past so they can just get real like drunk and uh, you know just <laughs> they just party on christmas and that's the only break scrooge mctuck gets off your life <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good show um 